This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, I'm Anthony Montgomery, Ensign Travis Mayweather on Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Trek FM. Welcome, boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's show, podcast, all about Star Trek Enterprise. I'm your host today, Brandon Shamatella, and as you can tell by my stumbling, Floyd's not here. He's got internet issues, and I'm not as well-versed as Captain Floyd when it comes to our intros for our episodes. Uh, but fear not, we, we have got some wonderful uh, Makos? Oh, you guys, Makos. We got some wonderful Makos to help us out because you're not really our normal Starfleet crew. You're coming in and helping us out, right, on the mission. So we got a couple of Makos to help us for our episode today. It's going to be a little bit of fun, and I will introduce them. Joining us from Earl Grey, Richard Marquez. How you doing, buddy? Welcome back. I'm good. Thank you for inviting me over. I would have brought a different uniform if you'd have told me I would have been a Mako. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a last minute decision. I'm just winging it here. You know, kind of like every day when with Floyd, except oh. there's no Floyd here. Oh, so can I just call you Floyd, and that way I'll feel more comfortable? <laughs> just call me Captain. Captain. <laughs> and also joining us for her first ever appearance on Warp Five is Brandy Jackola, co-host of our Live from the Edge podcast, which is all about Star Trek Discovery. How are you doing, Brandy? I am just peachy keen, but I'm kind of disappointed that you didn't want to call me Floyd. I mean, really? I was going to call you Floydette. You know what? I don't need the et part on there. I'm good with Floyd. Okay, Floyd. <laughs> so we got Captain, and we got Floyd, and we got Brandon. So Yeah. Excellent. Right on. Brandy <laughs> yes. saved my bacon. She pulled my bacon out of the fire tonight here because I was scrambling last minute because of Floyd's internet connectivity issues. So we needed three people for this because it just doesn't work with two. So what we're doing tonight is we're doing Essential Enterprise... Season 1. So you've probably heard this type of podcast all over the network. We've done it on Standard Orbit for the original series. They've done them all on on uh, To the Journey for Voyager. Have you guys done it on, on Earl Grey yet? You, you guys are doing your unsung episodes, but have you guys done Essential? I don't think we have done an Essential, to be honest, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, they started it on D Space Nine, but then Chris had his, his eyes, his issue with his eyes and stuff last year, so it kind of went by the wayside. But We've never done it for Enterprise. So I thought we would do it. And 
it's going to be a blast. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through episode by episode. Uh, good old Captain Richard is going to give us a, a quick synopsis of each episode, and then we're all going to determine whether or not we believe it should be essential or toss it out and skip it. Now, this has nothing to do with the quality of the episode, whether it's a good episode or a bad episode. It's just based on whether or not it's essential because of plot or character development. Okay, so everyone understand the rules? Totally got it. Okay, Richard gave me the thumbs up, so I guess we're good. And I think we can just jump right into it and just start. So, Richard, you ready to take it away with Broken Bow? All right, we're going to go with Broken Bow Part 1 and 2. Um, the launch of the NXO-1 Enterprise on her maiden voyage as the first exploration starship from Earth. Uh, Enterprise's first mission is to return uh, vital information to the Klingons. Brandy, what do you think? <laughs> well, obviously, this is essential. I Are mean, you sure? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, granted, I have seen a few pilot episodes of shows, not Star Trek, in the past that I thought, yeah, we could have actually done without that one. But no, this is absolutely essential. You get to meet all of the main characters. You start to feel that tension that is happening between the humans and the Vulcans. And we see them reacting to Klingons that they've never encountered before the humans so it's oh it's just the beginning of this beautiful story and yes you have to see both episodes definitely have to see both oh and uh, just to the audience who's listening there's one other thing is that we're going to go with the majority here so if two people say yes and one person says no then we're going to keep it and if two persons say no and one person says yes then we toss it that's why we needed three people sorry i forgot to say that earlier so that way if there's a tie there can't be a tie because there's three people right Majority, Majority rules. Majority <laughs> rules. <laughs> yes. Great minds think alike, Richard. <laughs> Excuse me, Captain Richard. Oh, Captain yeah, Richard. yeah, yeah. Okay, Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, Richard? I, I'm definitely going to go with no on, on part one and yes on, on part two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, half. That's a half a yes. That counts. <laughs> No, it, it definitely, yeah, no, it's definitely a go. Uh, it, it's it's one of those episodes where you, you have to start it out. I mean, it's the start of the uh, the temporal um, temporal. What is it? Temporal time war or, or temporal what, cold war? Temporal cold war. It's been a while, <laughs> but like I mean, it starts it out and and um, you know just like what Brandy said. Or I'm sorry, what Floyd said. Uh, we need to uh, know the characters and we get some kind of an intro with each of them. So and it's a pretty good episode. I I, I like this pilot. I really do. So. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I would agree with you. This is, we're unanimous right off the bat here. Broken Bow is definitely an essential episode because it sets up so much of what they're doing. Uh, you know, it sets up uh, their motivations for getting out there and their motivations for Captain Archer being so, you know, gung-ho and exploring and getting out there and, you know, stretching his legs and doing his thing. It talks about his motivations quite a bit. So I really do believe as well that this is definitely a, an absolutely essential episode to watch if you're a first time enterprise watcher absolutely <laughs> so let's move on to our next episode what do we got next floyd richard captain <laughs> Captain. <laughs> this is going to go so well i know right <laughs> well the next one's gonna be fight or flight uh the enterprise stumbles on a ship that's been abandoned and it's filled with corpses used by an unknown uh, alien that's either an experiment or are they harvesting? Yeah. I think that's that basically. they're just cooking. 
I, th- I thought when I first saw this, I thought they were harvesting, not experimenting. Because according to uh, Memory Alpha, it says experimenting, and I'm like, no, I think they're harvesting, whatever they're harvesting. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, right on, <laughs> Richard. We'll go with you first this time. What do you think? Do you think this one's essential? Um, except for seeing um, Hoshi scream and get uh, get all, you know. Uh, been out of shape about uh, seeing dead bodies. It's a no go for me. <laughs> it's a no go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So only the only thing you think that's salvageable is the Hoshi. Well, I mean, if they would have came back to it later on down the road and uh, explained what was going on, then yeah, that might make it uh, make it relevant. But they really didn't, and maybe that was just an episode that they were going to vi- revisit later on, and I don't know, season five or six or something like that. But Obviously, we never got that far, so, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Brandy, what do you think? Uh, I I actually feel the same way as uh, Captain Richard in this one, because I feel that this fear that Hoshi has is not presented in a very complimentary way to women. They basically portray her as hysterical when she sees these dead bodies, and I do not care for that at all because regardless of everything else she is a very learned person and she is now a starfleet officer and i don't think that she would have that overreaction i don't think that that should have been part of her character at all so yeah to me there's not really any development of anything in this episode so i say definitely not essential definitely not so I think I'm going to have to be the dissenter on this one here. I think it's uh, I think it's essential for kind of what you're saying though is that we we saw Hoshi in in the first episode. You know she's kind of doesn't like space travel and she's she is afraid of it, right? And and uh, to see this episode where she has to kind of face her fears, she goes on this first mission and she's very frightened by it, but she ends up learning kind of how to, you know overcome her fears on the mission a little bit it's kind of a character building episode for Hoshi for me and that's why I deem it as an essential episode because of the growth that we see in Hoshi in this episode so you know if they would actually I mean okay so granted you know it's just like it's just like the military you know if you're if you're if your job is to kill you know you really can't you can only you know emulate so much in training and i'm sure it's the same thing with starfleet when you see a dead body or whatever you know whatever you're training for i'm sure there's endless amount of things that you could possibly see um but like if they would have shown or at least shown some kind of dialogue of like let's say archer dealing uh dealing with it for the first time or reed or malcolm or any of them um, or even to Paul for the first time. I mean, she's like a hundred and some odd, uh, some odd years old. I'm sure she's seen plenty of dead bodies, um, especially in space travel. But if they would have actually said something that they shared their own experiences with others, then I think that would make it a go for me. Mm-hmm. But since they never really did that, it kind of makes it, it kind of falls flat with me. So it's like, okay, yeah, we're throwing her into the fire and here you go. Um, deal with it. You know, that's that's sort of the feel I get with this episode when it comes to, like, facing your fears uh, of seeing a dead body on a on an alien ship. Okay. So. Okay, well, majority rules on that. Fight or flight is a flight. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> you, you tried to fight, Brandon. You tried I to tried fight. to fight. Unfortunately, it took flight. 
<laughs> okay, Captain Richard, what's our third episode? A strange new world. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Don't. <laughs> oh, dang it. I'll start singing with you if you do that. <laughs> A whole new world. Don't oh, man. Don't. Point of view. <laughs> anyway, I'm strange like new world. I'm a shooting star. I've come so far. I can't go back to where I used to be. I'll see what you did? I don't even want to go back to the rest of the episode. I just want to hear Brandy sing. Now. I know. Let's, let's, let's just let's scrap this. Let's go. Let's do karaoke. <laughs> like karaoke, yeah. I love karaoke. <laughs> so after I sidetracked us. <laughs> It's your fault. <laughs> it is my fault. I, I I take full responsibility for it. <laughs> so, Strange New World is the episode. Um, Enterprise visits the Earth-like planet to pull t- uh, Tucker and Mayweather stay the night for a camping trip. And they all fall prey to a conspiracy thanks to a bad storm. Okay, I'm going to start us off with this one here. I love this episode. I think this episode is a lot of fun, but I think it's got to go. I don't think that there's anything in this episode that we need. I don't think there's anything that advances the plot. We don't get very many episodes with Cutler, and she's here, but I just I just don't think it's an essential episode, you know, because there's there's nothing that we learn about them that we don't that we need to know for later on. Nothing about any of the characters. So, other than the fact that there's this wonderful kind of camaraderie that's being built around the campfire and this fun you know example of fellowship that's happening on the ship well not on the ship but down below i I think that's it and i don't think that's enough to make it stay for me brandy what do you think you know i i feel basically the same way but not for exactly the same reasons the part that bothered me the most about this episode which it's actually a good point is that the minute that things start to go nuts, they all suspect to Paul of causing mm-hmm. some problem of colluding with this unseen enemy because they don't trust her. And that was, I just found that very, very frustrating. And I, I felt like everybody was just ganging up on her. Now I understand they were under the influence of those spores, yada, yada, yada. But we already knew the crew didn't trust to Paul and exaggerating it in this way did nothing for me. So I do not think it's essential. Right, right. Richard, what do you think? Three for three. Yeah, I definitely am in the same boat. Um, it's... It, Honestly, this is one of those episodes that I actually, on a rewatch, I normally don't uh, skip an episode, but this one I actually do skip. Really? So, yeah. I mean, it's it 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 just it doesn't. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's just something about this. I mean, granted, it, it, they're all at each other's throats, and that's probably the most interesting part about this episode. But other than that, really, that's all I that's all I uh, would watch it for. But I mean, uh, but it's not it's not an episode that I would just normally just go ahead and just rewatch it and just because of that. So, yeah. So it's yeah. a skip. Randy, do you like the episode or or is it one that you generally skip when you do rewatches as well? Oh, well, I'm still working through my rewatch and I haven't rewatched since it originally aired. So this is one that I would probably skip on my next rewatch simply because it doesn't further anything for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're in the middle of season two or near the end of season two right now on I'm rewatch? getting close to the end of season two, and yeah. October got really busy, and so I fell behind, but 
Gonna get some more Enterprise in this week. <laughs> right on. Okay, yeah, so we're uh, we're not doing very well. I didn't think we are going to be getting a high percentage here on Season 1 of Enterprise for Essential. So, <laughs> However, I predict high numbers for Season 4. I'm sure there will be. <laughs> what do we got next, Richard? All right, we have Unexpected. Now, I just want to let you guys know that you might you might already know what my pick is by, based on how I've worded this. <laughs> but um, Trip Trip helps an alien ship with their warp, uh, warp core and gets pregnant. That's Randy. it. <laughs> I loathe this episode. Loathe it? I loathe it because of the way male writers are portraying pregnancy. I'm like, oh, you don't even know the first thing about pregnancy, about what it's really like to be pregnant. Frankly... I don't either, but I know what it's like to be a woman and have all the things that you have to have in order to get pregnant. And it is no freaking picnic. And having him get all emotional and all this crap, I'm like, no, screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now, now, now again, whether the episode's good or not should not have bearing on it. Well, I still don't feel like we learned anything about Trip. Except that he's popular with the females, which we kind of already knew. And so it's just, for me, I don't feel like there's any kind of progression here. I mean, we get some fun time with Dr. Phlox telling Trip what's going on, but it's not enough. It's not enough. I don't feel like there's anything vital in this episode. Mr. Marquez, I predict a yes. <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Keep your shirt on, Floyd. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm I'm in the same. I, I mean, I've uh, now granted I, I sympathize with this episode because I ha- I don't know obviously what it means to be pregnant, but I've also been on the receiving end of my significant other <laughs> getting pregnant. So, um, but yeah, when it comes to like plots and really, um, I don't think Trip really learns anything because I mean, obviously we see him later on. Um, you know, talking about Riza and Masseuse having 12 fingers and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I don't think he really learned anything. So, um, or at least especially from this. So, I, I really don't think that it's essential. No. Mm-mm. So, I really like this episode a lot. I really do. And I personally think it's really funny. Okay, so we were talking about a thread on the Babel conference, and I'm like, you know, I've never been pregnant, but my wife has, and, you know, the things that they're laughing at are the things that me and my wife laughed at when she was pregnant, and she went through all these emotional things, and to me, what's funny about it is is the the lunacy of the situation, because, a, you know, a male cannot have a baby, and so, to me, it's funny that they're putting this all on him, and I know that's not a popular opinion, and I've read all the comments. Now, that said, there's no way in hell this is an essential episode. So, like, I enjoy the episode, but no, you don't have to watch it, and... and But you should for comic uh, value. Comic value. If you find that sort of thing funny. If you're only a man, I guess, I don't know, so... But I don't know. Or women that have been pregnant want to laugh at men, there you go. Yeah, (laughs) it's like, oh yeah, now you know. Now you know, don't you trip. It's it's like one of those, uh, what was it, those... uh, pain receptors that they put down uh, right next to their stomach and all that kind of stuff. I was just going to say that. Simulate. There's a video. There's a video of some guys <laughs> who like put some pain receptors on to simulate the pain that women go through through childbirth. I, I also think that's funny. 
There ain't no way in hell that I'm gonna do that. <laughs> wrist nipples. That is a nipple. A wrist nipple. A third one? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, the wrist nipple is funny. It is. The wrist nipple is funny, but it also doesn't make any sense. Because no. why would his body need to make a nipple there when he's got two nipples on his chest? Right? <laughs> it's funny, right? But I don't know. Maybe they it's just a, did it. Because it's, it's a pretty a, big nipple on his wrist, right? It's like, a vampire uh, it baby or whatever. You know, they do something on their wrist or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> like, if that bump was on his chest and they showed it, like, it wouldn't make it on TV. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's, point. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's why they did that. Then <laughs> there you go. That's why they, they did wanted it. to show they they wanted to show the shock value of a nipple on on his wrist. <laughs> and I was so okay. Shocked. Let's move on from the nipples. We're done with <laughs> the nipples. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so uh, next one is Terra Nova, um, a lost co- a colony that was devastated by a natural disaster, uh, an asteroid. Um, Enterprise steps in to help the Lost Colony. Richard Marquez, what do you think of this episode? Uh, I'm going to go with... Go- yes. Shale. I Sh- call Shale. <laughs> you call Shale? <laughs> it is not a lie. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I think it's uh, it's I think it's an essential um, episode because um, it, 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 sh- it, tells, it tells about the, the past of the Federation and, um, you know, how uh, colonies... Obviously, are not always successful, and this one happens to be one of those lost colonies that actually failed because of a natural disaster. Uh, and it was it a meteor uh, landed next to, uh, uh, close to them, and it caused a radiation storm that basically killed all the adults and all the children are still living, and they survived. So, I really think it's a it's a really essential uh, episode, mainly okay. because of that. I I don't think this episode is as bad as people make it out to be. I. You know, it reminds me a lot of Nemesis from Voyager, the episode Nemesis, you know, with the way that they talk, you know, the language and the type of uh, dialect that they're using. Mm. Uh, But I can't say that I would call this essential. I understand what you're saying there, Richard, about showing these failed colonies, and it's an early, it's an early Federation colony that failed, but I just don't, I don't know if I would consider that essential for the show when, but maybe it is because the show is all about exploring and reaching out there. Right, and it's kind of also showing how dangerous that space can be for the Federation. But I don't think that's enough for me to call this one essential. What do you think, Brandy? Well, I actually feel that this one is essential, and I'll tell you why. It shows uh, not only the indomitable indomitable spirit of humans trying to find a way to help, even if people don't want their help, but finding the answer to the mystery. Because they could have easily gone down there and when they come across this humanoid race that they don't even realize are actually humans, uh, they could have just gone, oh, well, okay, uh, we'll take your word for it on what happened and bye. No, they investigated. They wanted to find out what had really happened. And uh, T'Pol finds out that the asteroid strike is to blame and that was the cause of the poison rain and it wasn't an attack from Earth. And just the fact that even after they've treated the, the this group of people has treated them poorly and T'Pol says, no, relocating is a bad idea, Archer still comes up with the idea of, look, there are other caverns that aren't poisoned. Go there. Go to the southern atmosphere. 
You don't have to leave your home. Just go there. And it's that indomitable spirit that is what makes Enterprise great, is what makes that first crew heading out beyond the borders of our solar system to explore those strange new worlds. It's that optimism and that spirit that is that makes Star Trek what it is. Okay, I think you convinced me, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna change my opinion, and I reserve the right as uh, as a wrist nipple holder to change my opinion as I see fit. <laughs> so we'll go with a unanimous vote on Terra Nova, and uh, this is where everybody shuts the podcast off. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly didn't know that people didn't like that episode. I thought it was very interesting, and I I, I didn't know that either. We, Richard and I were having a conversation just a few minutes ago here about you know how we didn't realize the hatred for some of these things until we got on social media and Terra Nova was one of those ones that I just didn't realize how much people hated until I started interacting with people online. I'm like, oh, I don't know. This is, this is like a typical Star Trek episode. Like everything about it is typical Star Trek, you know? Yeah, I don't get so, it. I don't get it. It's not a great episode by any means. Like I, I would, I would give it like a, you know, a two out of five or something like that. But I mean, maybe two and a half out of five, but I mean, most people give it like a negative one out of five, I think. Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> At least that's my opinion. Okay, what do we got next? All right, we have... You realize we only have two essential episodes so far? (laughs) We do. We're working on it. We're working on it. We are working on it. I mean, there's 26 episodes in this series anyway, or this season anyway, so we should come up with a few. All right, uh, the next one is the Andorian Incident. Enterprise changes course to visit the monastery on Pajem but instead gets caught up in the affairs with the Andorians and the Vulcans. Absolutely see it. This one is an essential episode, hands down, because it sets up so much story for the Andorians later on. It sets up so much of the pieces on the board for the Vulcans, and we learn a lot about them and how, you know, how deceptive they are in this in this point of the Federation's timeline. And it really sets you up for how us as viewers need to learn to interact with the Vulcans, you know, and need to learn to understand the Vulcans because they've got different motivations than Spock when we're in this point of the timeline. So hands down, I think this one is definitely a a see it. I concur. I definitely concur. The captain concurs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Definitely, uh, yeah, it sets up so many more stories along uh, down the road. And um, I love seeing it, um, seeing that this is like the first olive branch to uh, finally forming the Federation between all three races. And it's thanks to us. Mm-hmm. So. Randy, what do you think? Oh, well, let's make it unanimous. Absolutely essential. Uh, oh, yeah. Up to this point, I was thinking, gosh, I didn't realize the Vulcans were kind of jerks at this point in Star Trek history. And then after this episode, I'm like, oh, man, you are really jerks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, now, yeah. Richard, I- you got to cover your ears for a second here, okay? <laughs> you got to cover your ears. So it's interesting watching the episode Lethe from Star Trek Discovery, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I told Richard covers ears because he hasn't seen it yet. Right. Right. But, um, and seeing that they're continuing on with this threat of the Vulcans. And you know what? I like it. Yes. I really like seeing that consistency with the Vulcans. And honestly, it's making me question my own preconceptions of the Vulcans as I've seen them. Because so far, all we've really had for Vulcans is Spock, Sarek, and Tuvok, 
right? Yeah, we've had a few here and there. We had Savic, we had Valeris, we had a little bit here and there. But I mean, look at Valeris even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right? You got Valeris. So I don't know. I think it's really interesting and it is challenging my preconceived notions of Vulcans with this episode as well as with Discovery. So I'm liking that they're keeping with that thread. I like it a lot. I agree completely. And also, it's our first appearance of Shran and... I love me some Jeffrey Combs, so I didn't real I didn't remember that he showed up that early in the series, and I'm like, oh, and there's so much more Shran to come. <laughs> love it, love it. Now, right on. Well, our three that we've kept have all been unanimous, so that's interesting. The only one is my vote for fight or flight, so that's uh, that's been everything's been unanimous so far, which is interesting, except for my fight or flight vote. Yeah. Okay, what do we got next, Richard? Okay, uh, Breaking the Ice. Breaking bad. (laughs) Enterprise investigates a comet with a Vulcan ship monitoring their moves. Richard, you're you're so easily readable. (laughs) (laughs) But what about the snow Vulcan? (laughs) The snow Vulcan is so fun. Uh, I'm sure it is, but it didn't. I mean, it's like them investigated comet and uh, yeah, no. <laughs> okay, I'm going to attempt to change Richard's mind because I oh, think okay. I know what his answer is. But I'm going to attempt to to convince Richard of this one here. I I like this episode a lot, and I think it's a very important episode. And I take this episode to heart myself. And the reason why is because of Archer and the growth that he has in this episode at the end where he does not want to ask the Vulcans for help because he doesn't like the Vulcans so much. And in the end, T'Pol is basically telling him, look, he's offering his help because he's expecting you to not take it. Prove him wrong. And I think that's incredibly important for Archer's growth. And I got to say, it's a must. Brandy? I feel the same way because of that particular moment, because the rest of the episode is kind of throwaway, but that particular turning point, because Archer up to this point is just really angry at the Vulcans for holding humans back, and he still carries that into everything he does. And this shows how he's finally starting to form a real relationship and a trustful relationship with T'Pol. It's yeah. a major turning point for his character. Yeah, I think so. Richard? <laughs> <sighs> All right, you got me. All right, you got me. <laughs> I'll give you guys that one. <laughs> That's a pretty convincing argument, though. It is a convincing argument, and I like it, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. It's not the best episode by any means. It's pretty standard Star Trek, but I think it's very important for Archer. I that's yeah. that's that's the thing about this episode is just that part of the plot. I mean, the rest yeah. of it could have been presented in any number of ways, but the important thing was Archer asking the Vulcans for help. Yeah, right on. <laughs> yeah. Take it away, Richard. All right. Civilization. Enterprise encounters an Earth-like planet and discovers that they're suffering from a disease that is in relationship to technology from their planet. Or from another planet, I guess you should say. But, yeah. Randy. I have a hard time with this one because although 
I actually ended up liking the episode more than I thought I would. I don't really feel like there's a whole lot of character development here. And so my personal feeling is that it is not essential. I mean, I like them going undercover and I like uh, Archer forming the relationship with this, what would we call her, an apothecary. And the way in which she just accepts everything that is beyond her realm of possibility in her particular time and level of technology. But I just don't feel like it's anything that is going to influence future events at all. Yeah, see, this is a very TOS episode. Like, it really, really feels like an original series style story. And I really like it for that. But I got to agree, I don't think there's anything in this episode that really is essential for later on for character development because there's no real ramifications for it. You know, we don't hear about these aliens again. We don't hear about this character again. And, you know, and the best part of the episode is Archer gets to kiss the girl because he's trying to hide that his communicator thing doesn't work. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I would kiss Scott Bakula in a hot minute. I, I probably would too. Ask my no, husband. no, no. I, I agree. <laughs> I, <believe laughs> I probably would too. <laughs> if I could get that close, you know, right. probably not. But no, yeah. <laughs> someday, maybe. Someday, maybe. maybe he'll come to Salt Lake Comic Con, and I can just plant one on him. No, I'd get oh. thrown out of the con for that. And I love Salt Lake City uh, Comic Con. You guys have a great con there. We have it's so, so much awesome. Fun. We have so much. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm definitely going to have to go with no-go like you guys. Um, it tells a great story about uh, pollution and, uh, and whatnot, and, but really, no, there's no, there's, no, there's no real character development or anything like that. So, yeah. Move along. Move, Move along. along. Move along. All right. Fortunate son. Enterprise is ordered to respond to a distress call from a commerce uh, ship, Fortunate. When they are uh, provide assistance, they stumble on a developing situation. Richard, I love this episode. <laughs> it is my favorite episode out of all of Enterprise. <laughs> Your favorite episode. Wow. Of all this of is Enterprise. my favorite. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I think it mostly to do with that this is a story about commerce i mean it's you know they're talking about how um that obviously economy is is uh thriving uh even even in that uh, even that time frame and they need dilithium and they have people running it back and forth from other planets and I just absolutely love that, and you know, it also the space, also the danger that they run into um, out there in the middle of nowhere. It's just, it's just one of my favorites. So for me, it's a go mainly because of the com- uh, the commerce part of it. That um, space is dangerous, and that um, you know, there, there are going to be more of those NXO ships that are going to be protecting those shipments and whatnot. So, yeah, Brandy. I say that this is essential, but not for the same reasons. Um, they, we have a lot of information coming to us about uh, Mayweather in this particular episode. Mm-hmm. And he is caught between these two worlds. He is caught between his duty to Starfleet and his duty to the people that he feels are his brothers. He's always going to be that kid who was raised on a cargo ship. 
always. And so he, watching him struggle between those two things was was difficult for me because I just thought, oh, you shouldn't be having to make this choice. And, you know, Archer helps without telling him what to do. And that's an important thing because at the end of the day, uh, he made the right decision. Mayweather made the right decision and he was able to balance both aspects of his life because of it. So I feel like it's essential because we needed to know more about Mayweather and we just didn't know that much about him except he was born and raised on one of those ships. Yeah, and we didn't know what that meant. We're like, what does a boomer yeah. mean? Like, yeah. We knew what it was, but we didn't know what that meant. Yeah, it, we get so little with Mayweather that we need this episode so we can get some character development for him. It's really, really unfortunate how little his character was <laughs> used throughout the whole series. Unfortunate. Mm. He it's was really not a, unfortunate son. He was not a fortunate son. Ah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. It ain't me. It ain't me. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what starts playing in my head when someone says fortunate son. Oh, my, you know, me too. Me too. <laughs> Richard and I did an episode and I played fortunate son. I like edited it into the episode and, and it prevented me from posting it to Facebook because I was using copyrighted music. So don't sing too much or they might not let us publish this episode. Well, I wasn't singing and I only said like four words. No, no. <laughs> oh, man. Actually, come on. Repeated. You got to sing because we love a, your voice. Come wait, on, wait, what about no, no, a strange no. new world? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm not. I'm not doing any more singing. <laughs> Y'all have to pay for that now. I've given you a sample. Transferring credits now. <laughs> Thank you. I, I agree. Yeah. So we're we're unanimous. This is definitely an essential the, episode. The trial period has ended. <laughs> <laughs> Richard and I'll have to do it. It ain't me. It ain't me. I don't fall to that song. <laughs> yeah, you got the you got the sort of growly, screechy thing down. <laughs> All right. So the next one is Cold Front. Um, Archer is confronted with a crew member, uh, crew member from 900 years into the future who needs his help to find a Suliban operative. Richard, um, I wasn't a, a, a complete fan of this episode, but since it deals with the temporal Cold War, I think it's a go. I think it's essential because of that. Yeah, mainly because of that. Yeah. That's all you got to say? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything good for this episode other than that. <laughs> I really enjoy this episode a lot. I like Daniels, and you know, I wish you would have seen him a little bit earlier in the series. They could have planted that seed. It would have been really fun. But absolutely essential because of the Temporal Cold War plot line. We didn't really get that much of the Temporal Cold War, and it was this thread. That was the whole one of the whole premises of the show was this Temporal Cold War, and they really didn't address it that much. So whenever we get one, we got to watch it. Well, without otherwise, uh, we don't know why there's space Nazis. <laughs> season four, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Space Nazis. Space Nazi Feratu. <laughs> do not pu- do not go off a course. <laughs> Brandy, what do you think of Gold Front? <laughs> I have the giggles now. Uh, I, I too, actually uh, like Crewman Daniels. Um, he's very engaging, I guess, is the word that I would use. 
And to me, this episode is like, hey, guys, you remember that thing we set up in Broken Bow that we've completely forgot about for the last nine episodes? Here you go. Whoops. Should we, should we should go back to that thing. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was that thing. So, but it's a temporal <laughs> Cold War. So you can really just jump around anytime you want. So, yeah, it's, it's for me, it is essential because of uh, the Suleban Cabal and Silic and setting all of these other things up that are going to partially <laughs> pay off in the future. Partially. There, there are some uh, things that I'm just like, why did you even do that when you're not going to pay it off later? Come on, guys. So they just kind of forgot about the temporal Cold War. Yep. Like they they did so it. much with that. But, oh, well. <laughs> Okay, Richard, let's let's move along. All right, so Silent Enemy. Uh, Enterprise is attacked by an unknown alien ship. Archer orders the crew to install an experimental phase cannon. Two words. Pineapple cake. <laughs> See it. <laughs> we learned so much about Reed this episode. Or do we? <laughs> we learn a lot about what Reed doesn't like. Which right. I love is... this episode so much, <laughs> right? I, I like the A plot line and I love the B plot line. I just hate that they're together in this episode, you know, because they're so opposite. It's so bizarre, yeah. but both stories are so good, you know, and I, I don't know. I, a lot of people, they don't like it because they're like, oh, they gave the, the menial task to Hoshi. And, and again, I see it as Archer gave it to Hoshi because he felt she was the most capable person of getting this information because of her abilities right and you know when he's like I, that's an order like he's joking with her he's not really serious that he's ordering her to do this right that's mm -hmm. how i always interpret this episode but the the idea of this unstoppable enemy that's coming after you and won't even talk to you is so fascinating and again sh is showing these new explorers just how dangerous space is and i think that i think that we got to go with it plus it shows you know, that Archer needs to put more trust in his crew, right? And he learns that when they're like, look, we can do this. Nope, we're going back. And his crew does it anyways, you know, they they disobey orders and and that's, you know, that's okay. I'm fine with that because they prove that they're awesome. Did Why? They, because did they're they on the Enterprise. But did they actually disobey orders? Did he order them not to work on the face cannons while they were on their way back to Earth? Maybe not. Yeah, I guess you're right. So... Mm. So there wasn't really corrected. an order per se, but they were going behind Archer's back big time. I stand corrected. They were just being sneaky. Yeah, they were being so sneaky. So sneaky. Because if he found out, he would probably have then ordered them to stop. So there you go. There you go. What do you think, Brandy? I also really enjoy this episode. I didn't think I was going to enjoy the B-plot as much as I did. But just seeing... Uh, uh, Hoshi talking to all these different people from Malcolm's life and how so many of them don't know that much about him. He is just a really, it's not like he's really secretive, but he doesn't Very, make waves about things that aren't really that important. Very so private. He, yeah. he, will, he will stand his ground when it's necessary, but 
things like food, yeah, I'll just eat what you put in front of me. It's food, you know, I need it to continue to do my duties. So, or excuse me, duties. 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 So <laughs> I, I feel like we do learn a lot about both Hoshi's stubbornness at not giving up and a lot about just, just the surprise on Malcolm's face when he's presented with this pineapple cake, which is like, how did you know? <laughs> because n nobody in his life knew this. So, and she, she of course just makes it seem like, oh no, it's just no big deal. Um, because she's not the kind of person that's like, you don't know what I went through to find this out, so you eat every last bite of that cake, mister. No, <laughs> it was not going to be anything like that. And the alien ship was also fascinating. Of course it was green, because as we all know, green ships are now evil. So, yeah. Evil. Evil, like <laughs> the fruits of the devil. So... But uh, but yeah, it it's it causes progression in that the crew is determined to make these face cannons work so that they don't have to abandon their mission. Mm. And boy, they get things working, and then not working. But they get them working again later. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, oh, we overloaded everything. That's okay. Damn. Aliens are gone. <laughs> No, I, I, I actually do really like this episode, but the, the two plot lines are completely divergent. It's so weird. Yeah. Do you think it's essential? Absolutely. Absolutely. Richard? Well, it doesn't matter what my opinion is. Yes, it does. <laughs> it Nothing does. say the majority rules. <laughs> I still voted for fight or flight, even though you guys both said no. Yeah, no, I'm just on. kidding. <laughs> um, just like fight or flight, um, I really wish that we'd put more story later on down the road, maybe season two, three, or four, you know, one of those three. Mm -hmm. But, like, um, yeah, I, I think it's essential, too. Um, I mean, the ship's a character, too. I mean, we have to have face cannons. So, <laughs> yep. so Yeah. Definitely essential. Okay. What do we got next? All right. So we have Dear Doctor. Uh, the reason why... Or the reason why... Oh, the reason why the Prime, uh, prime Directive really exists. Um, Archer is, is struggling with a dilemma to give this pre-warp civilization the cure of a disease that's killing their population while they oppress another species. Now, without getting into the debate of whether or not Archer was right or wrong, Richard, is this essential? I'm going to go with a go. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, without really dipping into whether or not he was right or wrong, um, I really think that this is a prime example of why the prime uh, directive exists. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, I really think I, I love the struggle that the doc, what the doctor's trying to, uh, trying to do. He's like, I've already, I've already found the cure and he didn't even, he couldn't even trust, uh, the captain until basically he, you know, in a sense, corner him in the mess hall. So, um, yeah, I really think this is really essential. Uh, and not just for season one, for practically the entire show of okay. all the shows. Okay. Brandy? This one is absolutely essential, not only for us finding out more about Dr. Phlox and as he's writing a letter to another doctor exchange friend of his and so we find out so much about what Phlox thinks about humans what he thinks about his duties on the enterprise etc and then this 
moral and ethical dilemma is just, it's, there's no good answer. There's no good answer to this. And it doesn't matter if Archer was wrong or right, but I personally, if I, if I'm going to choose a side, I think Archer did the only thing that he could do because uh, evolution is evolution. And if you interfere with the natural evolution of something, then what are you going to cause in the future? Right. So I, it's, it's a hard episode because you want everybody to come out of it with what they want, and it's just not possible. And this is, this is very similar to what happens in the real world. Sometimes there's no good answer. Sometimes right, right. we have to settle for the best we can do. So absolutely essential. Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely an essential episode. I mean, it's it, it's the groundwork of, hey, we got to be careful with what we do. We can't just go out here and explore and just stomp our feet everywhere and, and just do what we think is right because we're human, right? It, it, it makes them stop and realize, hey, he, he basically says it, they call it, if only we had some sort of prime directive, you know, he basically says, in order to determine these things. Um, but it, it's true, they they needed it, and it this helps develop Archer's uh, opinions towards the Vulcans as well, because this is what the Vulcans have been saying the whole time. And you know what? As humans... You know, I've had I've had people give me advice in my life. They say, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. I go and do it anyways. And it's like, you know what? I had to learn it for myself. And, you know, this was the example of he had to learn it for himself. He had to learn to not interfere. And it's painful. And that's what makes it such a powerful episode. So this is definitely a see it. Yep. Excellent point, Brandon. Definitely essential. I agree. <laughs> okay, next. All right. All right, sleeping dogs. While exploring a gas... Skip it. Okay. (laughs) All right, so shadows of... (laughs) I think we already know what this one is. (laughs) Keep keep going with the sleeping dogs. (laughs) While exploring a gas giant, the Enterprise runs into a damaged Klingon vessel. Yeah. That's really... Pretty much that's what it is. I am not a fan of the Klingons by the time we get to Enterprise. I'm so tired of them, and we don't learn anything about the Klingons that we don't already know. I agree. Yeah, I agree as well. The only person who learns, uh, the only people who learns things about the Klingons that they didn't know are the bridge crew of the Enterprise. So basically, we're watching them walk through this and go, yes, we know! We know! Move on! So yeah, not essential at all. Definitely skip it. Okay. I'm sorry to whoever wrote that episode. <laughs> uh, that would be... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to bring it up. <laughs> Richard, next. Shadows of Pajem. In the wake of the last uh, last time Enterprise visited Pajem, Archer and, and Paul are on an away mission and are captured. And then, obviously, rescued by the Andorians and humans. <laughs> so, yeah. Brandy. Your friend is back. My friend is back, and you know I love me some Shran. I think <laughs> that it is essential uh, because, again, we're furthering this relationship that the humans have started with the Andorians. And that, obviously, we've already talked about that, becomes hugely important to the formation of the Federation. Right. And the fact that, you know, Shran doesn't like owing people anything too that makes it a really interesting situation because it was 
he made it seem like, yeah, we're we're already just here to okay, and so we're going to help you out because it's in our best interest. But I think that Shran has a little crush on Archer, and I think that that's... I think that that actually influenced him more than he would ever admit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. essential. Uh, Definitely Yeah, essential. I think it's essential, too. I mean, it continues mm-hmm. on with the Andorian plot line that we had just a few episodes ago, and I think you can't miss it. I I, I don't know if I agree that he has a crush on him, but... No. Uh, it's just my little fan fiction. It's fine. Nonetheless, <laughs> essential. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I have not written that fan fiction yet. Uh-huh. No, no. I, don't, I don't do fan fiction. It's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat. Essential. Yep. Totally. Are you sure? Oh, <laughs> positive. Yeah, definitely uh, Definitely uh, needs to be in in that rewatch. <laughs> All right. So the next one is uh, Shuttle Crap 1. I mean, I mean uh, Shuttle Pod 1. Uh, Trip and <laughs> Malcolm get stranded in a shuttle pod. Yeah. I'm going to say I don't think this episode is essential. I'm not a big fan of this episode. I know that it is a fan favorite, but in my opinion... Armageddon game from D Space Nine is way better and did a better job of setting up a bromance. Uh, you know, we, we got what we got with Miles and Julian, and I think that's just what they were trying to do. They're like, we need a bromance. We need a Miles and Julian. Let's uh, let's put Reed and uh, Trip together. That'll be great. And it wasn't. No, it was very awkward for most of the episode. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah. they they talk about uh, you know their. Uh, what they're going to do if they were to survive or, you know, what they could have done. But it's like, it's, yeah. I mean, as as the, you know, extras say, it was for sure a budget-saving episode. And um, I hate to say it, so is the story. So, yeah. Randy, what do you think? Do not care for it at all. And we don't really learn anything new about it. The only redeeming part of it is that they were able to lift that bit of dialogue talking about the 602 Club for the 602 podcast, 602 Club mm-hmm. podcast. And that's not enough. It's not essential to anything. And I just grimaced through most of it. So, Well, Brandy, yeah. I'll just let you know that before we started recording, Richard told me that he preferred if you called him Stinky. <laughs> Stinker. I am not calling Captain Richard Stinker. You know what? Actually, I I love that part of the episode. I am so glad you brought that up because um what was it? Um just call me I, Stinky. I, I said that I said that to Jennifer Jennifer is my my wife. And uh I was like, "Come here, Stinky." And you know, I'm like I'm like she would not know what the hell I'm talking about. So I had her watch and she was like, "Is that why you call me Stinky?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> Of course, no. Of course not. Did I you would, say no? I no, never, I did not. I would never well, then do why that. did you call her stinky? No, no, no I did. I did. I did. Don't call no, your wife stinky. No, I did. I did. <laughs> but it's just, it was just hilarious because I couldn't stop laughing when, uh, when he kept on saying stinky. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> that was probably the only thing I liked about it. <laughs> okay, anyway. let's move. Let's move on to something more essential. Okay, there we go. Uh, Okay, so the next episode is Fusion. Um, Enterprise runs into a group of Balkans that are the outcasts because they embrace emotions and all that other non non Balkan stuff. So, Brandy, um, I personally actually really like this episode because in the beginning, when I realized that that was Robert Pine under all that Vulcan makeup, I just had a little squee. Because if you don't know who Robert Pine is, he's Chris Pine's dad. 
and I grew up watching him on chips. And so I was just like, oh, it's all in the family. It just brought me so much joy. Um, we, we find out about uh, how mind melds can be very, very dangerous and even abusive in this episode. And we find out things about T'Pol that we did not know or suspect about how she, when she was in that compound and she went for a walk, broke curfew, and she was feeling an emotional response from this music. And that has obviously troubled her for a long time. And uh, it's, it's, it's actually also kind of a metaphor about sexual assault. And yeah. n no means no. No means no. When someone says, no, I don't want to do this anymore, that's it. You're done. But he just kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And, yeah. And the way Archer stood up for her, mm, yeah, I really enjoyed that. So I think it is essential in uh, to Paul's character development and also in uh, Archer's development at forming his relationship with T'Pol. Yeah. I agree. I think this is absolutely essential because we get we get information about not just the Vulcans, not just to Paul, um, but we get we get a backstory for her. And like you said, it's an it is an important episode as well because I think it's one of the only times it's a metaphor for sexual assault, but it's one of the only times that Star Trek does a really good job of it. I think. Agree. You know, in addressing the issue, but not only that, but we also learn. I think this is really the first time. You know, you know, we had Amok time with Spock when he, like, smashes that computer console, right? But this is really the first time, I think, where it shows, hey, Vulcans aren't just humans that don't emote, mm -hmm. right? Like, this shows that the emotions that Vulcans have are amplified, and they are much more than what humans express, and their anger is much greater than what humans express when it comes to anger. And I think that it's really shown well in this episode, and I think that's important for understanding Vulcans as well and why they choose to suppress their emotions. Because it's not just suppressing a laugh, it's suppressing all of this strong anger that they've got. Agree. I concur. Richard, um, do you think it's essential? I, I definitely do. Yeah. yeah. You guys said it all. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, uh, I definitely agree that this is uh, for sure uh, essential. Mm-hmm. Good, right on. Rogue Planet. Enterprise runs into a rogue planet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and some runs hunters. <laughs> and the prey comes uh, comes to him in visions as a mysterious woman. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't care for this episode. Uh I mean there's I mean it's just it's just out there. It's like, okay, yeah, you know they're hunting for this prey that happens to come to him in visions and they help them out and uh to uh, evade them and and whatnot but like it it really has no other i mean i i don't see a character development i mean other than them trying to say uh save and you know protect this woman really that's right. all, or well or whatever they are i mean um but regardless you know it's a woman that comes to him so yeah right but it's really the animal on the planet right exactly yeah yeah, I, I don't think this is essential. I don't think we have any character growth in here. It's it's a it's an average Star Trek concept and it's a average Star Trek production, I think. So there there's nothing learned in here that helps us later on. Yeah, I will uh make it unanimous. <laughs> there was 
nothing to write home about in this episode, as they say. And, you know, it's basically a lot of everybody telling Archer that he's having hallucinations. <laughs> and it's like, You're crazy! Yeah. <laughs> and when has he ever been unbalanced like this before? Never. So maybe he's telling the truth. Anyway, yeah. Nothing essential here. Move along. Move along. <laughs> uh, acquisition. Ferengi managed to knock out the crew and try to steal everything of value uh, while they're unconscious. Well, technically, they don't say they're the Ferengis, and we don't know that. Technically, that's true. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> I I love this episode. I think this is a fun episode, but it's definitely not essential. I mean, no. I'm, I'm okay with them coming across these aliens. Yeah, fine, it's not 100% in canon, whatever. I mean, Amy Nelson and I did this a few episodes ago. I don't remember the number. We did talk about this, and I, I don't. it doesn't bother me, but th- there's nothing in here that we know. The only thing and the only justification, which I don't think is enough, is in Dear Doctor, they mentioned that the Ferengi had visited that planet. Right mm. or uh, like the, the, like they talk they about a did. race that came there, right? So, um, you know, so that's the only justification. But again, you know, whatever. It's not enough to keep this episode in in it for me. So I'm gonna have to say it's a, it's not essential in any way. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I love this episode. It's a great, uh, it's a great episode. It really is. But like when it comes to like any kind of like real plot development or character, no, it's it's not. Unfortunately, it's not essential. Yeah. Brandy? Yeah. Lloyd? Uh, yeah, Floyd? I don't. I do like this episode very much, if only for the three Ferengi that are Clint Howard, Ethan Phillips, and Jeffrey Combs. Because really? they're amazing. And it was like a Star Trek reunion. You've got a TOS mm-hmm. guy. We got a guy who was on Deep Space Nine and on Enterprise. And we got uh, Neelix from Voyager. I mean,. Come on, that's just adorable. And, and, so, and this was a money-saving episode because they didn't have to put any makeup on Clint Howard. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm going to laugh like him. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, Clint Howard. God bless you. <laughs> so, yeah, I actually enjoy this episode very much, but no, there's nothing essential here. Mm. <laughs> okay, let's move on. All right. So, the next one's Oasis. Um, Enterprise finds an abandoned starship, but instead they run into a ship mostly full of holograms. It's like a, it's like a ghost story. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. is kind of like that. It is, it is, yeah. It's definitely a, a good Halloween uh, episode uh, that you could watch. But, like, yeah, it, to me it doesn't, it's, yeah, it's a no-go. I mean, because really there's not much more than... You know, us finding out. I mean, we really don't know what species they are, and you know, or, or hear really about them later on down the road, except for you know, it's Odo <laughs> that's in the uh, episode. But um, yeah, it's not essential. Yeah, I just call him Odo because I I know his name is like long as hell. <laughs> it's not so. that long. I've heard worse. Can't think True. of any right now, but I've heard worse. I've heard of weird last names. Have you ever heard Marquez? Like, what is that? That is such a weird name. I, mean, I know, it's like, very weird. It's very up there weird. with Jackala. I mean, <laughs> just no. <laughs> if, if anybody didn't follow you over Halloween as well, I loved it because Brandy had her Twitter name as Bra- Brandy Jackalantern. Yeah, I got to go back in there and switch it now that it's November. 
<laughs> hey, but it's Christmas almost. Christmas is almost here. Woo. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, we've just yeah. lost Richard's signal. Yeah, I um, I'm sorry. I, just, I heard something. I heard him, and he was breaking up a lot. That's so everybody knows we're recording this on November first as well. It's not going to be airing until almost Christmas, actually. But uh, oh well, okay yeah. then. Oh. It's almost Christmas. Go crazy, Richard. <laughs> Santa, I know Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I know him. We could, we could pl- talk about the scene from Generations. No, let's move on. I also agree that Oasis is not an essential episode. There's nothing we learn. Uh, it's an okay episode. But um, the holograms, no impact on on the character development of anybody. Not not essential. I don't think in any way. Agree. Agree. Unanimous again. <sighs> Move along. <laughs> All right. So the next one is detained. Uh, Archer and Mayweather are captured and detained for entering a, a unauthorized military uh, militarized zone. They're deta- they're detained in a camp full of Suleiman. I think this is absolutely essential, not just because I love the episode. Uh, I think this is one of the best episodes of Enterprise, in my opinion. I think this is top ten for me. But Archer also, again, learns here that you know just because these people are of the race that's really bad and trying to hurt you doesn't make everybody like that. And I think even today, for some reason, this seems like this could still be a valid story that everybody should maybe watch. You know, I'm just saying that maybe this should go in schools or something like that. But, you know. I fully support that, that Star Trek should be in schools. Not just Star Trek, this episode. (laughs) But you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with it. Uh, Sullivan, uh, story arc is, uh, essential. I mean, obviously, cause it also ties in with the, um, with the temporal cold war and it, it um, yeah, it's definitely one of those ones where, um, yeah, it should be watched. So, oh boy. <laughs> I'm going to guess we got a unanimous, unanimous here. Absolutely. Uh, when I watched this, rewatched this episode, it had been years and years and years since I'd seen it. And I am a mature, more mature person with more knowledge at this point in my life. And as soon as they entered the internment camp, I'm like, oh, it's the Japanese internment camps of World War II. Oh, man. And I don't think that they could have driven that point home any better than they did in this episode. And it, for me, it was almost Twilight Zone in its ability to take science fiction and show you your own history and what it was probably really like for the hundreds of thousands of Japanese that were detained for years for no reason other than being suspected of being spies. By the way, no evidence of spying ever found. And when they were let out, they had nothing. They had nothing. They had no home. They had no job. They had nothing. And that is just all over this episode. And they even they even talk about it. They talk about Japanese internment camps just a little bit. Not to, you know, it's not like they're nailing a shingle on the episode saying, this is what we're doing. It's a very natural progression between, right. uh, between Mayweather and Archer. Right. And it, it obviously didn't bother me to see Dean Stockwell. <laughs> so, 
but yeah, this is this is this whole thing. Like, what's going on today is this idea. One of the many things going on today is this idea that all, uh, not all Muslims are terrorists, but all terrorists are Muslim, which is absolutely untrue. And mm -hmm. to paint an entire group of people with the same brush, uh, you know, Archer learns so much, and so does Mayweather. They learn so much about the Suleban as a race and not yeah. just as these time-hopping terrorists. Right, right. Yeah, excellent, excellent, right on. Vox Sola. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. We're <laughs> going to say yeah. comes, uh, <laughs> An alien comes on board uh, Enterprise and holds Tucker and Archer hostage. It's that sticky thing from aliens or what or whatever yeah with all the it. ky yeah. jelly uh-huh yeah, yeah with the ky jelly yeah it's um what's what's her name um the one who Ro played de Blanatorius is the roxanne director. dawson there you go <laughs> roxanne dawson is the director yeah so yeah I, I love this episode i think it's fantastic i don't know that i would call it essential though i mean it's really interesting that they're dealing with this life form that's completely alien to anything they've ever had to deal with in the past mm -hmm. um i think that this is the episode, I think they're called the Cretacens, and we do get them again later on, so maybe we could call that essential in that this is their first encounter with them, and, and we see how stubborn they are. Uh, unless this is the second one, I can't remember right now going through because we haven't touched on it, but but um, I don't know. I don't know that I would call this one essential. What do you guys think? I love the episode, though. I do like the episode because... Uh basically to Paul and Hoshi save the day and uh, trying to figure out this creature's motivations rather than uh, continually trying to fight it is, you know, turns out to be the answer. Sometimes things fight because they're afraid or they're, they feel threatened or they need help and don't know how to ask for it. And they, if they can't communicate, they're gonna that's basically what that creature was doing it was it was absorbing people so that it could learn how to communicate and say i need to go home will you please help me and then yeah i mean i'm sure that that's not actually how it would have put it with the race being the way they are <laughs> but uh it was it was interesting in that respect but again i i don't feel that it was essential okay richard yeah, I don't think it's essential either. I mean, okay. honestly, it's this is a, an episode that I actually skip. So, yeah, <laughs> is it? Yeah, do you yeah. you don't like the episode even? It's just, uh, yeah, I just I really don't like the episode. I mean, not, not because of Hoshi and uh, T'Pol or anything like that. It's just, it's not a really um, to me. It's not a very interesting episode. Um, yeah, that's all I really can say about it. So, yeah. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. I think you're the only person I've ever met that doesn't like the episode. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just not—it's not an interesting episode to me. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Right on. Well, let's move on then. All right. Fallen hero. An ambassador is charged with crimes on on uh, on the, her planet that that she's um, representing, and Enterprise is tasked to take her to uh, to a Vulcan ship. But trouble begins. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Randy. Oh, this one, this one is really difficult. And I think that it is essential because, again, we are getting character development onto Paul. And this is basically one of her heroes. And she doesn't understand how this 
honorable, venerable Vulcan could possibly have committed any crimes. And because, oh, what was her name, Valar? Because she won't talk about it, that's just making things worse. And so, and Paul's having a really hard time trusting the vision of her hero and is beginning right. to, you know, there's that tarnish going on. And she just basically doesn't stop. She keeps picking away at her and picking it away at her until Valar finally is like, okay, fine. Here's what's going on. And then at that point, T'Pol's like, we have got to talk to Archer. Mm -hmm. And again, there, the battle starts all over again with this distrust between Vulcans and humans. Right. And when they finally come clean and Archer figures out what to do with their help, and they, they get their resolution. So it's, it's another bridge-building exercise of trust between humans and Vulcans and between Archer and T'Pol specifically. So you think it's essential? I do. You do? I don't know that I think it's essential. Like, I, I don't mind the episode. It's not one of my favorites. And I like what you're saying. You know, it, it is an interesting episode for T'Pol's background. But again, it just boils down to this this lack of trust with the Vulcans that we've had kind of over and over. You know, so... Like, I like the actress. I don't know her name. I can't remember her name right off the bat. She's been in a lot of Star Trek. She was on Lost, you know, but... Uh, Fianola uh, Flanagan? Flanagan? Yeah, that's Flanagan right. Flanagan Fianola. Fianola but Flanagan. But I just, I don't know. I just don't think it's a very essential episode to the to the rest of the series. What do you think, Richard? I think it is. Um, I think it's a very good... Uh, it's it's like like um, like Floyd was saying, uh, we definitely need uh, need that kind of uh, character building, uh, and also like she said, the bridge the uh, uh, the bridge to trust uh, humans and and Vulcans, and what a great way to um, uh, to actually do that with a situation like this where they're all you know life or death sort of situation, putting their you know blind trust into a character or into an ambassador that they have no idea who it is. Or what what she's being charged with, and what a great way to you know start begin or start or, or even begin to start trusting. So I, I actually think this is very essential, very essential. Okay, well, there we go. We'll keep it in then, I guess. I'm okay with that. So. Yeah, I was kind of on the fence, but I'll, I'll <laughs> stick with the no. I'll, I'll keep my no vote. Okay. Okay. So uh, next one is Desert Crossing. Archer and Tucker are invited to a desert-like planet by an alien that, uh, that they helped on a distress call. They both discover that they were invited under false pretense. Brandy? Oh, love me some Clancy Brown. <laughs> I I wish I could marry Clancy Brown. Right? He's just, he's just the best. But a lot of the time when I see him, I'm like, oh, is he playing a bad guy again? And so I'm I'm looking at Zabral through the that previous history of is he... Is he Starship Troopers Clancy Brown, or is he going to be um, the Punisher? Not the Punisher, Daredevil Season 2 Clancy Brown, or I just, mm, I don't know what to think. And so it's kind of a mixture of both. He really wasn't a bad person, and he was fighting for what he believed in. And again, th this is another situation where there should be a prime directive that doesn't exist yeah. yet. Yeah. And Archer's like, yeah, we could we could help you take down all of these people, but it's not our place to do that. So the the previous episode, Dear Doctor, prepared him more for this kind of decision to where it's actually 
I wouldn't say easier to make, but he knows what the right choice is. And, uh, and gosh, Trip is a wimp. Good grief. I didn't know he was such a pansy in the heat. <laughs> I love you, Trip. I'm sorry. But, um, I'm kind of on the fence as to whether or not it's essential. And I feel like I'm leaning more towards it is because it's another demonstration of how Archer is learning. You can't do everything you want to out there in the depths of space. Okay. I love Clancy Brown. He's one of my favorites. I've tweeted multiple times to the Star Trek room. I'm like, how do we get Clancy Brown and CCH Pounder on Star Trek? Like, I want those people on there. I mean, I know we've had Clancy Brown on them, but I mean, you know, as a major role. But and this, again, this is probably one of my favorite Enterprise episodes. Like, I think this might, this is probably top 20, maybe top 10 for me. I really like this episode. But I got to say, I don't think it's essential um, because it's not enough of a decision for Archer. It's not, it doesn't have as much, um, it, it's not as big a decision. It's not as, doesn't have enough consequences, I don't think. But I, you know, and I hate to say that because I love this episode so much, but I, I don't think it's an essential one in my opinion. No, I agree as well. Uh, it definitely is not essential. Uh, it maybe if he would have blew up a starship by accident, or 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 maybe protecting <laughs> that one starship or something like that, that might have been a different story. But like to, you know, answer a distress call and then repair his ship, and you know, basically, you know, coming over to his house for some a meal or something like that is not really essential enough to uh make it uh make make this one one of those essentials but um while you guys were just talking i was like the only thing i can remember is uh the, the scene in starship troopers where um he throws that knife into ace's hand <laughs> you I can't seen starship troopers he, is so oh it's, yeah. it's such great satire oh it is <laughs> I, I know I, I remember loving it I, just, I don't think i've seen it since it came out but like oh, you can't you can't push a button if you disable his hand and i'm like i just can't stop laughing i actually have it on my phone uh the movie <laughs> so it, i watch we it we have it on blu-ray man we have the the what I call the Verhoeven trilogy of satire between oh that goodness. and RoboCop. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh, I've Total already forgotten recall? the third one. Thank you. Total Thank yeah, you. I Total know. Recall. Love it. Yeah, the trilogy of satire. Brilliant there stuff. There you go. <laughs> While we're talking about Clancy Brown, though, i got to say my favorite Clancy Brown is the crab from SpongeBob oh. SquarePants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Krabby Patty. Oh, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. I was listening to that for so long. My kids have been watching so much SpongeBob, and I'm like, who is that crab? Who's the crab? And then I would like I wouldn't have my iPad with me, so I couldn't check. So honestly, I'd been listening to it for like two years when I finally remembered to check it out, and I'm like, what? Clancy Brown. It's the best. Yeah. And you That's know, I, I, guys. Yeah. I will choose to make this unanimous that this is not essential because I really was on the fence. So yeah, okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, uh, okay, let's move on. We got two left here. Two, two left or two days? <laughs> we got two days and two nights and two episodes left. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, the next one is two days and two nights. Uh, basically, it's the Enterprise taking shore leave to Risa. And nothing good ever happens on Ryza, guys. I know, However, right? <sighs> I think this episode is essential. Oh? Yes. How so? Because they've been leading up to it, and it's one of the first times we ever got a trickling thread through Star Trek. For like four episodes, they're like, we gotta get to Ryza, and then they're like pulled off somewhere else. So they keep talking about how they gotta get to Ryza, 
And then this is the culmination with a not so good episode. But Trip and Malcolm gets robbed. Uh, okay, they, they deserved it. <laughs> they were they stupid. <laughs> they were stupid, and they deserved it. Yes, it's not a very good episode. There's a lot of really bad things in it. Like, you know, Trip and Malcolm would rather say that they were robbed than say that they were, you know, attracted to these things that turn out to be men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I, I I don't think it's a good episode. But I, I got us. I got to put the vote in that I think it's essential because they led up to it so much. And you know what? Here's the thing, though. I, I you know what? I'm gonna have to pull my vote off now that I'm looking at this, because if I remember correctly, the episode that this started in was because of Vox Sola. Mm. And, you know, the only episode we've had in the meantime is Fallen Hero. I don't know if I could even call it essential because of that, because we haven't really voted on the last couple. So I, I'm still going to say essential, but you guys can you guys can shoot it down if you want. Brandy? <laughs> sure. Make me go next. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say not essential because despite the whole, yes, we're finally getting to rise the thing, is there really any character development? Does anything happen that has any bearing on future events? No. All that Not confidence really. that uh, Hoshi was uh, was building up, you know, got her something. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, it got her laid is what it did. Oh, <laughs> oops. <laughs> and I kept thinking the whole episode, what's this guy really up to? What's he right? really up to? What's he going to do? Oh, it turns out he really does like her and this was just a nice experience. <clears throat> He was so actually genuine. Just, yeah. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> yeah. So I just, you know, I don't really like the episode, but I don't hate it, and I don't think it's essential. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think it's essential either. It's a fun episode to uh, to watch, uh, but, I mean, yeah, really there's there's not much to go off of. So, yeah. Sorry, Okay, Brandon. so two for – that's fine. I'm fine with that. Okay, let's finish her off. All right. The season finale is Shockwave. I don't think we need to say whether or not it's essential or not. <laughs> but, Can we just all say yes now? Okay, yeah. So uh, the destruction of an alien colony ends ends the uh, ends the voyage of the Annex One, but that's not how history records it. Yeah, I I for sure think it's a go because it, it it ties in with the temporal Cold War, and you know it it you know. And then obviously he gets beamed out of there uh, b- before the Sulaban, uh, uh, you know, tries uh, tries to take ho- uh, take him as a hostage. So yeah, definitely um, essential for me. Yeah, I don't think you can. I don't think you can say no to this one here. Yeah. So, no, this is definitely essential because it leads into the next season. It's Cold War. You know, I, I think it's definitely essential. Plus, you know, did they mess up? So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and there's that feeling in your heart like they couldn't have messed up. They didn't mess up because Malcolm is really meticulous about this stuff. It couldn't have happened because of them. It's something else. I don't know what else it is, but it's something else and I'm going to believe that 100% until I get to see part 2. The valve so. shut, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, definitely definitely essential. Excellent, right on. Well, this has been a lot of fun, and I got to say, I'm actually pretty surprised with the numbers that we got here. So, you know, counting Broken Bow as two, we we said 14 out of 26 episodes were essential for just over half, uh, with 53.85%. 
So I think that's pretty interesting. I'll go over the episodes again, and you tell me if you think it's a good rewatch or not. Um, these are the episodes that we deemed essential for season one. Broken Bow, Terra Nova, The Andorian Incident, Breaking the Ice, Fortunate Son, Cold Front, Silent Enemy, Dear Doctor, Shadows of Pajem, Fusion, Detained, Fallen Hero, and Shockwave Part 1. So that's our essential Enterprise list for Season 1. So what do you guys think of that list? I think it's perfect. <laughs> Same here, but I like it. Like we trimmed the fat. Nothing. I gotta say, I think that's a I, that was a lot higher than I thought it was going to be. I honestly was spe- expecting around twenty five percent. Oh wow! So yeah, but that's why it's good. good to have these discussions. Brandy, where can people find you? Thank you so much for joining us tonight and saving my butt. I appreciate it. Thank was, you so much. I was so happy to do it. In fact, I was just counting the days until I was finished with Enterprise, and I could say, okay, Brandon, I'm finished with Enterprise. I can do any episode of Warp 5 you want. Because <laughs> so, I've been, you know, wanting well, to Well, I knew you were there. doing the rewatch, which is also why I reached out to you right away as well. I'm like, Brandy, Brandy, it. you're done season one. You just watched it recently. Yes, and <laughs> uh, and it's uh, it's still very much in the forefront of my memories so it was a it was perfect timing Mm -hmm. uh you can find me always uh wandering around in the babel conference kind of looking lost a little and uh but actually i'm just lost in thought i'm not really lost and i also am on twitter as brandywine12 and that's brandywine b-r-a-n-d-i-w-i-n-e 12 number 12 and I do a podcast with my dear husband, David, called The Dark Corner Podcast, which you can find on strangeanddeadly.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And we like to talk about pop culture through a darker lens or filter. And there is a lot of swearing, mostly from me, so that is not for children. Richard. Richard Connolly only. <laughs> Well, um, you guys can find me also on the Babel Conference. I pop in here and there. Um, I am also on Twitter. My handle is xransom. And you can also hear me on Trek FM's dedicated podcast, The Next Generation, on Earl Grey, uh, talking everything Next Generation with Amy and Justin Ozer. So oh, I'm sorry, Amy Nelson and Justin Ozer. <laughs> yeah, don't make them sound married. I know, right? <laughs> 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 Justin, Justin's already married, so... Yeah, that's why it would be awkward. I know, right? <laughs> Excellent, right up. Well, thanks so much for joining me, guys. I really appreciate it. I look forward to uh, tackling Season 2, so I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. However, finding the essential episodes of Season 1 of Enterprise is not the only thing we'll be discussing here on the network, so take a quick listen to this clip and see what else you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.fm, Meta Treks. See, Mike, I think Stamets actually got it wrong. Actually, it's the Metachorians that allow Catrick communication to take place. No, no, no. That's the wrong franchise. Oh, wrong franchise. <laughs> Sorry. I see what you're describing as an attempt to kind of naturalize this mystical interpretation of Vulcan Catrus. The 602 Club. Right, because, I mean, they're starting off with this auction, and it seems like they're on a mission to figure out who is stealing and then go in this completely different direction of being concerned about warheads. <laughs> Earl Grey. Yeah, when I was thinking about this, I mean, there are a lot of, of scary scenes or, or episodes, but for me, it absolutely has to be phantasms 
where Data is is dreaming and he sees Troy as a cake and has to take like the slice of her. <laughs> oh my! That, that's no, scary. I mean that. That okay, but but this is also your within that one? scene. Hold on, hold okay, on. Okay, okay. To the journey. I always want to know why haven't they done a Gardener Forever movie in general? I, I, for me, that's like a, such a cool go-to oh, concept. Yeah. Like, if you're gonna make a Star Trek movie, get the Guardian of Forever in there. That would be awesome. And no one has ever thought that was cool enough to do yet. So yeah. we're doing it. Yeah, I mean, it never really gets reprised that much, does it? Except obviously in the animated series. Uh, we do get the Iconian gateways later, which are a similar sort of concept, aren't they? But but not the same. Well, they don't talk back to you. <laughs> I don't think you can travel through time with those, can you? I think they're more just space. The final frontier. These are the... Oh, sorry. <laughs> and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and join in on the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, please be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or in the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You could find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 from our website or grab the RSS link as well. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show or any of our other shows. And there are many ways for you to do that. The best place to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group in Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the search field on Facebook and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can choose the form on the website at trek.fm slash contact. You can choose to send to a show and select Warp 5. That will come right to Floyd and myself. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. You can find me on Twitter at Brandon Metella. You can also find me here on the network with The Edge, which is our Star Trek Discovery podcast. And uh, you can find me over on the Fandom Podcast Network with my friends Chris and Tom. And we have a little show called Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast, where we talk about all of Alfred Hitchcock's films. Uh, and we start way at the beginning with his silent films. Floyd's best place to find him is the Babel Conference, so be sure to check that out. If you'd like to help us keep all of our shows coming, please become a patron of the network on Patreon. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trek.fm. You can visit there and get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. It's available through our special patrons website called Patron Zone, and it requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute all of these shows each month. And we really appreciate any support you can give us, and we hope so much that you'll join the team. And right now we'd like to thank all of our wonderful associate producers here on the network, without whom we wouldn't be able to host this show for you. So it's really, really thankful. Uh, we're really, really thankful to them for helping us out. And we're really thankful that they're helping to support the network with their patronage. And Warp 5 has got a whole bunch of wonderful patrons. We've got Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Ozer, Mark Flessa, and our new associate producer, Joe Saltzman. So thanks so much, everybody, for helping us out. And uh, we appreciate it. I guess that's all we got for you today, so tune in next time for another episode of Warp 5. And next time we're actually going to be talking about Precious Cargo and comparing it to The Perfect Mate. 